autumn again, and that means we're getting a wave of new television. So it's time for the annual fall TV preview here at Pop Culture Happy Hour from NPR. Whether you like detectives or doctors, broadcast or cable or streaming, we are here to share what we're excited to see. I'm Stephen Thompson. And I'm Linda Holmes. Here with me and Stephen in the studio for our big preview episode is Glenn Weldon from the NPR Arts Desk. Hi, Glenn. Hey, Linda. We're all here in the studio we together. Are. It's been a while. And really with has. us, of course, in our fourth chair, appropriately, who better than NPR's TV critic, Eric Deggins. Hi, Eric. Thank you. Um, you know, I, it'd be a stretch to say I'm excited for this. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, interested. The thing about television, and I think Eric would back me up on this, the thing about television is fall TV is not what it used to be right. in the sense that you don't get the sudden launch of everything. But it is uh, a season of newness, and we're here to talk about some of the stuff that we are the most excited about. And I want to start with uh, Glenn. Mm -hmm. Tell me about the show that you picked. Well, do you have a fleabag-sized hole in your heart? I do. I do. Back to Life uh, on Showtime premieres Sunday, October 6th, is from the producers of Fleabag. It's a half an hour, uh, six-episode comedy drama thing about a woman uh, trying to get by. So there's a lot of similarity there. It's about uh, a woman named Miri. She's played by Daisy Haggard very, very well. She's a 36-year-old woman who has spent literally half her life in jail. And as the series opens up, she is getting out for the first time and she moves back into her old room in her now elderly parents' home. And it's a beautiful, picturesque, small town that she lives in. It's on, a, it's on the seaside in Britain, but it's also very claustrophobic. Everybody knows everybody, so everybody kind of remembers. And, and what she did those 18 years ago is uh, a mystery that the, the show has a little fun with, kind of unfolding slowly. It's very funny. Uh, and again, Daisy Haggard is great, and the cast is perfect. And it's like, it's different. It's a little, uh, if, uh, if Broadchurch was a little funnier mm -hmm. <laughs> and a, a lot less despair in it. Mela! <laughs> 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 Always appreciate your accent work, Glenn. Yeah, um, that's right. So tell me, you have a flea bag hole in your heart. In what way is it filling that it's hole? It's gonna get you about halfway filled. I think. Okay. I mean, because it, it is fast and funny. There's some of the same kind of humor. There's no talking to the camera, obviously, and it's not. It doesn't kind of come at you quite as fast. But in terms of a character study that is funny and also moving, uh, that's what you got right there. So you're like me. You're breaking the rule by less something you're excited to see and more something you're excited about having seen. Yeah, All I, right. I confess. That's I confess. fair. That's not, but it's not out here until October 6th. Right. Right. Not right. out here until October 6th, Sunday on Showtime. All right. Thanks, Glenn. Stephen, we're going to go to you next. Talk to me about what you are excited about. My understanding is you haven't seen yours. I have not seen mine. All right. I have only seen a two-minute trailer and obviously done a little bit of reading. And I'm very excited about Undone, a new show on Amazon Prime premiering September 13th. And basically what it has going for it the following many things. The cast includes uh, Rosa Salazar, the star of Alita Battle Angel, among other things, mm -hmm. with Bob Odenkirk and David Diggs, among others. It uses rotoscoping animation, a la the movie Waking Life, a technique I find really dreamy and hypnotic and beautiful. I'm excited about the animation. It is created by Raphael Bob Waxberg and Kate Purdy, uh, who are major creative heads on BoJack Horseman, a TV show I love. 
It is a half an hour long episodes. There are eight of them. I love me a limited series. I love me a half hour episode as opposed to an hour. You do. T- tonally, this is going for a mix of science fiction, comedy, and drama. And it has an intriguing storyline. It's about a young woman who's in a car accident that seems to shift her reality and ability to work through time. Uh, she tries to solve the mystery of her father's death. The two minutes that I've seen in the trailer, uh, very promising. It looks absolutely gorgeous. People I like keep popping up in their animated forms. I'm into it. If it's not good, it's only four hours. <laughs> um, but I got to say, like, it looked very, very intriguing. I'm all in, undone on Amazon Prime. I have seen three episodes of this show, uh-huh. and it is awesome. Yes. You're gonna love oh, it. nice. You're going to love it. I oh, can't wait. So I, this is what I picked. This is an interesting thing because I am a known Ryan Murphy agnostic. Sure. Uh, It depends really on what you're talking about. There are things that Ryan Murphy, who made Glee and Nip Tuck and uh, American Crime Story and American Horror Story, there are things that he's done that I've really loved and things that I haven't really liked at all. His series uh, coming to Netflix on September 27th is called The Politician. I have watched uh, the whole thing, the whole season. If you're familiar with the Broadway show Dear Evan Hansen, the lead of that was a kid named Ben Platt, who there are a lot of different feelings about Dear Evan Hansen, but I think he was spectacular in it. Um, It's one of the most physical, interestingly kind of oddball performances I've ever seen. And to some degree, he is channeling an anxious energy in this role as well, but a very different anxious energy. He's playing a a kid who grows up wanting to be president of the United States. And my understanding of the series is that you are presumably supposed to encounter this kid at a couple different phases of his life. But you meet him in this series. He's in high school in the bulk of this series. And he's running for uh, class president. Now, what often happens with Ryan Murphy stuff is it's really good at the beginning, uh-huh. and then it just kind of goes bonkers as it goes o- across the season. I do think the farther they go, the broader it gets, and in some ways, the less satisfying it gets. I do like it better at the beginning, but it has a really interesting cast. Yeah. Uh, Gwyneth Paltrow uh-huh. is in it. The queen, Jessica, Jessica Lang is in it. Oh, and yes. if Ryan Murphy has a muse, it's Jessica <laughs> Lang. He loves to put Jessica Lang kind of going more and more Tennessee Williams in everything that he does. Mm-hmm. She's definitely oh, she in that like mode full here. On Tennessee she, Williams. she is in that mode here. So I do recommend that you check it out. As with all Ryan Murphy product, <laughs> it, it will either be your thing or very emphatically not your thing. But uh, I think for believers, it may be very satisfying. Now, that's Netflix in late September. That's dropping the whole first season? Uh, I assume so. Um, that's typically what they have done. Uh, I don't know any reason why they wouldn't. But yeah, the premiere date is, is uh, late September. Yeah. And it's the first series from his like mega deal with them. So it's also important to just check it out to get a sense of what kind of stuff is he going to be bringing to Netflix exactly. over the course of this, you know, reportedly $300 million. Exactly. Deal. So that's that's uh, September 27th. So that is my show that I am excited about. Eric, what is your show that you're excited about? 
deep breath. How do I explain this? Okay, so I picked a challenge this time. I've seen one episode of it, so I'm breaking the rules a little bit. But this is HBO's version of Watchmen, which is spearheaded by Damon Lindelof, who you will, some folks will know as the co-creator of Lost. And he is deciding to tell the story. This is a beloved graphic novel from 1986. And, and you know, I'm a comic book nerd of the highest order. I had the original ones. I still have them in plastic. Okay, don't judge me. Anyway, I was curious to see what Damon Lindelof was going to do with this story because he's telling it from the point of view of an alternate 2019. The graphic novel took place in 1986. And so we're in a world where there are there have been these weird superheroes and there was this apocalypse that was kind of faked, but the wider world doesn't know that it was faked. And then when you watch the pilot, you're quickly drawn into this story of white supremacists who are targeting police, which feels a little incongruous because we're used to an America, or at least I'm as a black man used to an America where sometimes police work with white supremacists. So I sort of, um, I asked uh, Linda Loft about this and he says that in this world, Robert Redford's been president since 1990. Well-meaning liberals have tried to enact their policies and have kind of upset a small group of people who have decided to form this group that uh, wear masks that's inspired by this character named Rorschach, who was in the graphic novel. And uh, they're starting to target police the same way that the Klan and white supremacists once targeted black people, lynching them and assaulting them. And so police have to wear masks in order to hide their identity and protect their families. It sounds like an intriguing premise. Visually, the pilot episode looks amazing. But it is also kind of confusing, and it's one of those shows where you have to watch every little detail. The idea that Robert Redford was president, for example, was only revealed because you see, um, like, I think a poster of him in a in a school classroom. Oh wow! If you miss that moment, mm-hmm. you you may have no idea what people are talking about later in the show. So you know, it's like The Leftovers in in a way. You know, The Leftovers was a show that you really had to pay attention to. That's another show that Lindelof was involved with creatively, and so. I'm hopeful that this is going to be a smart and complicated progression of a graphic novel that I love. I think he is running across all kinds of tripwires because he's going to be talking about race. And he's also trying to forward the story of this graphic novel that's beloved by very rigid fanboys all over the world. Uh And, uh, you know, it just seems like there's a lot of ways to go wrong. But I'm at this point now in my TV watching, I don't know how you guys feel, I'd rather see somebody take a big swing and totally screw it up than see them do something that's just okay. I have specifically talked in the past about how much I respect the fact that Lindelof is always a big swing guy, Um, pretty much always. He's always got a big idea he's trying to wrap his arms around, and I'm always interested to see how it plays out. I think everybody who has seen his stuff would say some better than others. Uh Um, But if if you told Mm -hmm. me that somebody was going to bite off a concept this ambitious, I would have guessed it was him. Yeah, and I was really curious to hear your take, Eric, because, you know, this graphic novel, this 1986 underline, underline, underline graphic novel is considered a holy text by many rigid fanboys, as you mentioned. And we've already had that approach done. We've had that movie that's no good because it is so faithful. It is, yeah. It's basically that it's using <sighs> the book as a storyboard almost. The, I like this mm-hmm. idea of just taking that as a jumping off point. I yeah. think that's, that's we can't be worshiping this, this book anymore. I think we need a new direction. So I'm all for it. Right. 
Well, uh, we have another piece of business also now that you know what we're excited about. We are going to do what we do every year, which is put <laughs> which a bet is down. Fail. <laughs> we just put a bet down on something we think is guaranteed to stick around on television. And, and Why do you do this to me? Uh, hey, dude, <laughs> believe me, we've all suffered. Um, so we're going to go around and make our picks um, about what we think is going to stick around. Yeah, Whatever. Step one, don't get ignominiously exactly. canceled. Okay. Eric, what is your pick for guaranteed to stick around? Okay. I'm bad at this, and I admit this already, but uh, I'm picking Mixed-ish, which is the spinoff of Blackish that is going to air right before Blackish. On Tuesdays, it starts on September 24th on ABC, and it's a story that's focused on the story of Rainbow Johnson, who is played by Tracy Ellis Ross on Blackish. And, you know, I didn't realize this until they actually developed the pilot for this uh, show, but I had forgotten that her whole backstory is like bonkers. Like she was raised in a in a commune right. and it was busted by the cops. And then her and her uh, black mother, white father and two other biracial siblings wanted wind up having to live in a house that's owned by their grandfather and go to a regular school. And so there's the culture shock of having to go to a school uh, when you've been in a commune and you were raised there. And there's also the culture shock of being mixed at a time when there weren't that many biracial people in school. It's a period piece that takes place in the 80s, I think. And so you, you get the period comedy of like the Goldbergs and you get the race commentary of blackish but it's taking place at a time when we were less enlightened about this stuff and it has that same sort of uh, velocity and real bite that blackish can sometimes have so the kids here that are playing the young you know members of rainbow's family are uh, just as good as the kids who are in blackish so i have high hopes for it and the fact that it's connected to blackish which is also a successful show for abc yeah. uh, will make abc less likely to cancel it i think good call good call uh, All right. Thank you. We still have so much hope. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I am extremely confident about my call. I feel really good this year. I am picking Nancy Drew on The CW. Yeah. Now, if you've been following what The CW does, they have been taking for quite a long time familiar IP, uh, intellectual property, familiar things, and turning them into series aimed at teens and young adults and watched, of course, by many other people, but the they're they have that kind of youth focus that they're very proud of. You're Riverdale. You're yeah. Riverdale, and which is the <laughs> obvious, the most obvious precursor to taking the sort of very wholesome Nancy Drew and making a kind of a dark teen drama is uh, taking Archie Comics and the and making a dark teen drama, which they've done very successfully. And the interesting thing about it is nobody really giggled and said, oh, you're going to make Nancy Drew into a dark comedy or a dark show because they have seen Riverdale. Right. And so now that's not even a surprising thing to do. And I think if you combine their superhero shows and now they're branching out into adapting a comic book, now this is a book series, they are on to a plan which I'm very sad that they're no longer making the crazy ex-girlfriend and Jane the Virgin mm -hmm. arm of what they were doing for a while. But this has been a very successful arm for them. I see no reason to believe that this show can't succeed. I've seen uh, a little bit of it. I think it's perfectly fine for what it is, and I think it will succeed and stay on. 
All right, Stephen, what are you picking? I failed spectacularly last year, so I'm swinging for a double this year and going with The Unicorn on CBS for mainly one reason, and that is that it will follow young Sheldon, uh, <laughs> another hit show. I've so, tried that. I've tried that approach, man. I, yeah. I know. It's it's like saying I've picked Caroline in the city. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah. Uh, but the, the Unicorn is Walton Goggins, uh-huh. a wonderful character actor who you've seen in absolutely everything, including Justified Sons of Anarchy, uh, The Righteous Gem. Stones is on now. He's in The Hateful Eight. He's in The Shield. He usually plays uh, creeps and bad guys. And in this, he plays a lovable, recently widowed dad with two young daughters uh, who finds that he is suddenly a hot commodity on the dating scene because the bar for single dads is set unfathomably low, (laughs) which (laughs) vouch. So uh, the show looks cute. The trailer's charming. There's a couple of scenes where he's like, you know, just him in domestic life where he's like sliding dogs across counters just to reposition them so he can use the countertop. His friends are, are seem reasonably charming. Rob Corddry's on this show, somebody I really like. This show seems to me like a solid kind of two and a half stars for your Thursday nights. Um, <laughs> if nothing else, I don't think it's going to be a phenomenon by any means, but I think it will last. Of the of the sitcom-y sitcom pilots that I've seen this year, it is probably my favorite. I recommend you catch an episode, Great. Mr. Lobar Single Day. <laughs> Glenn, what are you picking? Uh, there must be a law of physics that says that somewhere there must be a Batman television show without Batman in it on television at any given <laughs> in time. Uh, we had Gotham for a long time. Yeah. Now we're getting Pennyworth, which is about Batman's butler wow. before he started buttling. Uh-huh. Uh, so, and my it's pitch, Batman's butler when he was James Bond. Uh, I know, right? It's, <laughs> and my pitch for you know Wonder Woman's dry cleaner went nowhere. The show I am looking forward to and I think is going to last, is Batwoman. Uh, Because we got a a little taste of this last season when the character of Batwoman, Kate Kane in the the comics and uh, on the show, played by Ruby Rose here, uh, appeared on uh, one of those crossover episodes that the CW superhero shows are always having. And she was great. She was tough. She was sardonic. She has cheekbones that can slice manchego cheese. Mm -hmm. And... uh, the visual iconography of these shows is very important, and CW's kind of hit or miss with their costume design sometimes, and this looks perfect. It's very tough to get these costumes to look as good as they do on the page, and, and she just looks amazing. I think it is coming with something that a lot of other shows don't have, which is just already put infrastructure. They're part of this interlocking series. Now, they're yeah. only doing a few crossover episodes, you know, but still, it's part of this same uh, world, mm-hmm. or multiple worlds, I suppose. I might not tune in right away because I think the CW has a formula where their first season out of the gate, they're always very formulaic, very um, uh, procedural, very villain of the week. It takes them a while to develop the kind of ridiculous overarching mythology that's the stuff that I eat up with a spoon. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I'm in. And I think it's going to last Batwoman, which premieres uh, Sunday, October 6th, yeah. same day as Back to Life. Thank you, Glenn. And again, we have one more piece of business, and it's very, very exciting. And that is, we have to check in on last year's picks for Guaranteed to Stick Around and see how we did. Stephen, you picked Rel, yeah. which I thought was a really good pick. And I, I love, love him. I love Lil Rel Howery. He's so funny in everything he's in. I, I love him. Uh, the show was canceled after one season. It seemed to be canceled after. He's too after... good for Fox. Yeah. He's yeah. too good for Fox. He might be. Uh, Glenn, your pick was The Code, yeah. which I already forgot was on, yeah, on it's CBS. A... <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, how could it go wrong? The it's fu- the procedural. It's, it's military justice. It's, it's... I know. 
JAG, it's NCIS. The funny thing is, it says here, canceled after one season, but if you had said currently number nine in the Nielsen ratings (laughs) and will be on the air for the next 15 years, I would have no idea. It's true. true. Eric, your pick was Murphy Brown, also canceled after one season. (laughs) See, I knew I was taking a chance because if the show didn't succeed, they probably wouldn't do it again. And and it didn't. And they didn't. So Uh, (laughs) there we go. (laughs) And I picked Legacies on the CW, which is renewed. (laughs) (laughs) What is it? I have no idea. <laughs> no idea. Anyway. Well, uh, I want to hear what your fall TV picks are. Find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash PCHH or tweet us at PCHH. When we come back, it's going to be time for what is making us happy this week. So come right back. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Wix.com. With Wix, you can create your very own professional website. Choose a template you love and customize it with your own text, images, and videos. With hundreds of intuitive design features, you can tell your story exactly the way you want. It's easy to start a blog, an online store, or create an event. And you can share it all on social media in a click. Get started now by going to Wix.com. That's W-I-X.com slash pop culture to get 10% off. Support also comes from Curio Collection by Hilton. Discover hand-picked hotels chosen for their distinct character and personality at Curio Collection by Hilton. Meet the iconic El San Juan Hotel in Puerto Rico and the Diplomat in Hollywood, Florida. In their early days, both hotels were a nightlife draw for their rich and famous. Today, these oceanside properties are renowned for their posh scenes, creative mixology, and beachfront bars. Are you curious? Visit Hilton.com slash NPR. Welcome back to Pop Culture Happy Hour. It's time for our favorite segment of this week and every week. What is making us happy this week? Stephen Thompson, what is making you happy this week? Well, it's been a couple weeks since we have been able to convene this panel. And in that time, I saw a movie we did not get a chance to talk about called Good Boys, a tween coming of age comedy about three 12 year old boys kind of navigating their way through school and life. And I found it really sweet and funny and charming and goofy and extraordinarily well cast. Uh, I mentioned Lil Rel Howery just a moment ago. He's in this. Uh, Retta is in this. Jacob Tremblay from Room is one of the three boys. And a couple of things that this movie does really well, I thought, in that kind of super bad genre. One is that it's about the way young friendships aren't always meant to last. And I think it does some really nice, poignant things with that in the midst of all these sex jokes and, and you know very broad comedy. And also, I liked the fact that it updated its tropes and managed to fold into the conversation some of the discussions that they've had at school, clearly in assemblies, about consent and how those conversations have only added to their confusion in the way that they talk about things they don't understand. So I found this movie very fun and engaging. It's very slight. It's an hour and a half long. You don't necessarily need to see it in theaters. You can see it at 2 o'clock in the afternoon on Netflix when it comes out there. But I really enjoyed it. Good boys uh, in theaters now. Thank you very much, Stephen Thompson. Glenn Weldon, what is making you happy this week? It's been a while since I recommended a graphic novel on this show, but one just crossed my desk. It doesn't come out until November, but uh, it is worth seeking out when it comes out. It's kind of a giant uh, coffee table book kind of graphic novel. It is called Swimming in Darkness, translated from the French uh, by uh, David Hommel. It is by Lucas Harari, and it's about this young uh, architecture grad student who who becomes obsessed with this spa, this incredibly well-designed, gorgeous-looking thermal series of thermal springs 
springs in a complex in the high in the Swiss Alps. He becomes obsessed with it. He runs into somebody else who's obsessed with it. There's lots of shots of him swimming in darkness. There's lots of things of weird things going on behind the scenes at this spa. It is just gorgeous to look at, and it is really intriguing and weird and Hitchcockian and fun. It's called Swimming in Darkness by Lucas Harari in November. Thank you very much, Glenn Weldon. Eric Deggins, what is making you happy this week? Oh, boy. I'm going to make an uncool pick here, uh, I think. But uh, I'm going with Ballers. I'm going with the final season of Dwayne The Rock. Uh, jo- well, me and Elizabeth Warren it's true. definitely are down <laughs> with this. It's true. Um, so this show features Dwayne The Rock Johnson. He's an NFL player who became a sports agent and business manager. Then he becomes a mogul, makes a bunch of money. And in the final season, he's trying to be the first person of color to become the majority owner of an NFL football franchise. And... I love the progression of The Rock as a performer. I thought this show revealed that he's an actor. He's not just an action guy. And we've seen him progress as a performer, as an actor. And he's really good in this final season where he wants to make his mark. He's wary about overextending himself. He's worried about his legacy. He's been through a lot. And he's sort of surrounded by all these knuckleheads in the sports world and in the agency world who are insane. But that character and his journey is what this final season focuses on. And I think he's doing a a great job. So I'm gonna give him a shout out here. Excellent. I like that pick. I got nothing against The Rock. Who would have cool. who, who would have anything against The Rock? Thank you very much, Eric Deggins. Sometimes I like to complete the trifecta where I write a positive review of something and then I recommend it in our newsletter and then I talk about <laughs> it in What is Making Us Happy. And this week it is the series now available on Hulu called This Way Up. And it was created by a an Irish comedian and actress named Ashlyn B., you know, Glenn talked earlier about trying to fill the flea bag shaped hole in your heart. Hulu sort of promoted this as maybe it's the next flea bag. And I think that although there's some truth to the fact that it is about a young single woman and her kind of family and her love relationships, I think that sells it a little bit short in the sense that it really has its own comedic outlook. And I think it's a, a really wonderful show. She plays a woman who is coming out of a rehab facility where she was for a kind of a mental breakdown. She's picked up by her sister, played by the wonderful Sharon Horgan. And Sharon Horgan's boyfriend is Asif Manvi. There's just a really, a lot of really good people here. And for some reason, the promotion of this show did not make it to even a lot of my critic friends. So it's very under the radar. But when Stephen talks about a nice... It's sort of a very easy little dip in because it's only it's six episodes. Mm -hmm. They are genuinely a half an hour or less. It really has that flea bag quality of being really emotionally kind of open and interesting and that most of the drama is coming out of relationships. It's really funny. She's really charming. None of the people are awful. And I very much enjoyed it. And it kind of popped up on my radar uh, out of nowhere. And I really, really enjoyed it. So if you're looking for something that's just a nice, easy watch, um, funny and lovely and gentle, find This Way Up, now available on Hulu in the U.S., And that brings us to the end of our show. You can find all of us on Twitter. You can find me at Linda Holmes. You can find Stephen at I Dislike Stephen. You can find Glenn at G.H. Weldon. And you can find Eric Deggins at Deggins. You can find our producer Jessica Reedy at Jessica underscore Reedy. And our producer emeritus and music director Mike Katzif at Mike Katzif. That's K-A-T. 
Z-I-F. Mike's band, Hello, Come In, provides the music you are bobbing your head to right now. And thanks to all of you for being here. Thank you. Thank you. And thanks to all of you for listening to Pop Culture Happy Hour from NPR. If you have a second and you're so inclined, please subscribe to our newsletter. It is at npr.org slash newsletter. And if you got that newsletter, you'd already know about This Way Up. And we will see you all right back here next week.